My name is Heber. I am a member here at Bethany Baptist Church, and it is my joy and privilege to bring you God's word from Proverbs chapter 28, verse 21. You could find that in page 582 in your pew Bible. That is a black Bible in front of your, the chair, in the chair in front of you. The word of God reads, it is not good to show partiality, yet even a courageous person may sin for a piece of bread. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you. Open our eyes, Lord God, to hidden sin and help us purge the sin from among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I am a job site foreman. I am not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. Well, we are preachers, but um, I'm a job site foreman. So if I could summarize this this verse, um, I'd say that the author is trying to communicate since the best are will sin for to fulfill their need, it is important for us to guard against this particular sin, which is partiality. One thing that I do on my job sites pretty much on a, on a daily basis is um, I have to make sure that we follow safety, that we, that we uh, do the job right, and also that we, do a, that we do quality. It's not just we're here to a sloppy work and we get out of there. But there is three phases of, of things that we need to do. And one thing I always tell my guys, and maybe John Baker could attest to this, is on the job side, we have a tendency to become complacent. And that is the same on our, in our daily life. We all have favorite things, a favorite food, favorite music, and even favorite places. But when it comes to people, favorite takes on a whole new meaning. We tend to prefer a, a certain type of person or a certain group of people, but when the preference becomes sinful, the scriptures call this partiality. To many of us, having favorites among people may not, may not mean much, but scripture has much to say, and we, don't know, we need to know how to make these distinctions. When you think of partiality, what comes to mind? Anybody care to share? <laughs> when you think of partiality, what comes to mind? Unfairness. Unfairness, good. Racism. Racism. Rich people sitting in the good seats. Rich people sitting in the good seats. And yes, yes, and yes, pretty much. All these derive from a sinful heart. Some Bible translations call this favoritism. 
Others say respect for persons. But what does it mean? It means to discriminate. In this context, it means to discriminate someone on the basis of their external appearance or material possessions. Now, we have a duty to judge rightly. The Apostle Paul calls us to disassociate from the so-called believer that lives in unrepentant sin. If you could read that in 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 13, that is concerning church discipline, but we're not going there today. So I have, I, I did this today because I forgot to actually put like three takeaways, but here, here are some takeaways that I that uh, you guys could look for. Takeaway number one would be, beware lest we fall into partiality. Number two would be, be holy as Yahweh your God is holy. And number three would be, be active in doing good. If we look back at the verse in focus, we see that it is not good to show partiality. Yet every day we find ourselves judging individuals on the basis of their appearance and we make judgment most commonly because of what they can offer. The second half of our passage states, yet even the courageous person may sin for a piece of bread. As I stated before, I might understand, I might be incorrect, but in my own words, the courageous person will sin to fulfill his own need. Now, how might, the, how might this look in our daily life? For example, when exiting the freeway or waiting on a traffic signal and we see a panhandler or a transient, we have the tendency to turn away and avoid eye contact as opposed to when we see somebody with privilege or influence and try to get this person's attention. Most people associate a person a person's value with what they possess, and we as believers tend to adopt these patterns of judgments because of what we think we can get from them. We favor them so they might do a favor for us. We sinfully are partial towards them to feed our self-centered desire for fulfillment, so we judge unrighteously. Point number two, be holy as Yahweh, your God, is holy. Our God does not judge like we do. He judges rightly. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 17 and 18 say, For Yahweh, your God, is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, mighty, and awe-inspiring God, showing no partiality and taking no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow, and he loves the resident alien, giving him food and clothing. God cannot be bribed because he doesn't need anything from us, from anyone. He is self-sufficient. Not only that, the earth and everything in it the world and its inhabitants belong to Yahweh. Yeah. 
The Lord calls and commands his people to be holy just as he is. How does he help, help us be like him? How does he make us impartial and holy like him towards all people? He teaches us how to be stewards of his mercy and compassion. In Leviticus chapter 19, 9 through 16, we read it this morning. Jeff read it this morning. When you reap the harvest of your land, you are not to reap to the very edge of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not strip your vineyard bare or gather its fallen grapes. Leave them for the poor and the resident alien. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal. Do not act deceptively or lie to one another. Do not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of, of your God. I am the Lord. Do not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages due a hired worker must not remain with you until morning. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but you are to fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not act unjustly when deciding a case. Do not be partial to the poor or give preference to the rich. Judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not jeopardize your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. How, ma how might this look in our life? I mean, most of us are not farmers, so we cannot leave, you know, stuff for people to come and grab. But how might this look in our lives? We have a church. We have a covenant. And we have pledged to do that when we give to the poor. As we were encouraged by Mark Dever a while back, if you have extra money, just, hey, give it to the church. They know what to do with it, right? And that is true. I mean, we have a benevolence fund that most, a lot of us have been beneficiaries of, and it's a good thing. Point number three, be active in doing good. So how do we keep from sinning in this way? Or how do we combat the temptation to judge according to this world's standard? We need to remind ourselves that all humans are made in the image of God. And as such, we need to treat others with dignity. Jesus calls us to be merciful and compassionate. In Luke chapter 10, it says, then an expert in the law stood up to test him, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He asked him. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your might, and your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, he told him. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, just as many of us have the tendency of doing, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? 
Jesus took up the question and said, A young man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him up, and fled, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan on his journey came up to him. And when he saw the man, he had compassion. He went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. When I come back, I'll reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The one who showed him mercy, he said. Then Jesus told him, go and do the same. Brother and sister, the Lord calls us to go and do the same. Our love for the Lord and our love for our neighbor should propel us to actively seek to do good to others. And we could do that by, by encouraging one another, just as we prayed today, city groups, we actively encourage one another to do good to neighbors and we all participate not only as individuals but as groups the apostle paul under the inspiration of the holy spirit calls us to be selfless in the letter to the philippians in chapter 2 paul writes if then there is any encouragement in christ if any consolation of love if any fellowship with the spirit if any affection and mercy Make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourself. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interest of others. My dear brother and sister, it is antithetical to be a follower of Christ and to be sinfully partial. It is an idolatrous desire for approval of others. And in so doing, we commit injustice. Rather than rest on God's approval of us through his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. James writes to fellow believers, and we saw that this morning, do not show favoritism as you hold on to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. It is our Lord Jesus Christ who is glorious because he wasn't partial. The Pharisees tested him. If you read Mark chapter 12, verse 14, and they knew, Lord, we know that you're not partial. Even the enemies of the Lord know, he's, know that he's not partial. Our Lord Jesus Christ is glorious 
because he did not sin for a piece of bread when he was tempted by Satan. If you are going to favor someone, favor your brothers and your sisters. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, Let us not get tired in doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. And Jesus himself said in the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now to the unbeliever, my dear friend, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. God created this world and he created us for his glory. But since the first man sinned, we all have sinned and the sin nature that causes us to sin and to be sinfully partial. We long to build our own kingdom here on this world and we bring our own ideas of justice and we deviate from true justice, therefore causing injustice. For this reason, God's wrath burns against the children of disobedience. His wrath is his righteous response to sin. The only way to escape God's wrath is by repenting of your sin and your own goodness and placing your trust in Jesus. Jesus lived the life that we couldn't live. He lived the perfect life. And he died the death that we deserve. He died for our sin. On the third day, he rose from the dead giving us the hope of eternal life. And he ascended to the right hand of the Father, and to him belong glory, honor, and power. Repent and trust in Jesus today. And from your faith in him, walk in his power to kill sinful partiality in your life. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord God, because your yoke is light. Your commands are sweet to us, Lord. They are not burdensome. Lord God, thank you for instructing us to be imitators of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.